This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of On the Daily. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And joining me today is Peter Overzet, who you, of course, can find on Twitter at Peter Overzet. You can uh, subscribe to his show, Ship Chasing. He's on Swolecast. He does the randomizer draft streams, among among many, many other things. Uh, Pete, I think you're you're one of the busiest guys uh, in the industry. So I, I appreciate you making the time for uh, for me today. You know what? I decided if I could make time to draft, you know, 75 best ball drafts over the past few weeks, I could make 30 minutes for my buddy, Matt Jones, the guy I hit up every week to ask him which golfer I have as my highest owned golfer, if that's too much to own. So, uh, you know, I, I owe you one. It's my yeah. It's th- that's always my favorite part of the week to see uh, to see what random name pops up in the uh, in the Slack chat. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I get some gross ones in there. I've, uh, you know little age bias i was on a big ian poulter kick there for a while but uh i think i'm off it now yeah he's uh well you know not not qualifying for this week probably made that uh made that fade a little bit easier too (laughs) there you go i mean dfs golf i am i'm so bad at it and yet i still keep coming back it's just it's just fun i mean there are there are very few people that are like actually good at it it's just a matter of getting lucky you know once or twice (laughs) seriously yeah well i guess we could say that for a lot of dfs actually (laughs) i'm still waiting on that getting lucky part uh i believe i'm due is what they say yeah i mean we have we have 50 events uh next year so uh hopefully hopefully a larger sample you know variants will be on our side and whatever wait so is the is the masters in two weeks the Masters is the first week of November. The the U.S. Oh. Open is in a couple weeks. Okay. All right. I think I might 
I'll probably retire for the U.S. Open, unretire for the Masters, and then retire again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So I I wanted to uh, you know this isn't this isn't a golf show unfortunately for me. Uh, I I did want to get you on to talk. Uh, a little bit about your process for NFL DFS. I did a similar show with Amico the other day. Uh, and just a quick uh, quick programming note, me, uh, Sal, and TJ will be streaming tonight around 11 uh, to uh, to get us ready for the season. So uh, just some some basic uh, basic process stuff. Uh, first things first, are you are you a, a cash grinder or or more of a GPP player? No, like once a year, I'll have this week where I just, you know, you make the perfect cash lineup and then, I'll, you know, I start going bum hunting in the lobby and registering for like a hundred, you know, head to heads and then I just get crushed. I'm like, why did I ever even do this? No, I, I personally hate cash games. It's I, I get the appeal of it in the, the grind and why that's fun. But uh, my motivation is to to win a large field tournament. And so that's kind of uh, how my brain works as far as when I look at, at plays. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think it's it's somewhat understood, but it's probably understated that like it's a very a very different part of your brain that allows you to grind cash and compared to, you know, trying to find uh trying to be good at GPPs. Like it is not at all the same the same skill set. <laughs> no, it, it's not. And in my big shift that I need to make this year, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, is I was applying too much of a large field GPP mindset to my single entry and three max stuff. Like I didn't want to put in the work to multi-entry, but I wanted to galaxy brain (laughs) my plays still, which was obviously a recipe for disaster for anyone who watched my bankroll challenge. So when we talk about my process, uh, it's going to be completely different, honestly, than it was last year. I've already been thinking about it a lot in that this was the first off season I played a bunch of other DFS sports, you know, League of Legends, MMA, PGA. So I've kind of now I see football in a different lens than I did before I started playing a bunch of other sports. So I'm excited to apply some new stuff this year. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for, uh, you know, regardless of regardless of what sport you're playing, like DFS is a very particular, uh, a very particular game and you need to use uh at least some some similar strategies across across all sports. I don't. I really just do golf and uh, and NFL. So, um, you know, obviously there there are some uh, ownership things that you probably want to pay attention to. But um, I know across other sports, when you're talking about picking different positions and things like that, uh, there's a lot of you know a lot of crossover between uh, NFL and that. So let's. Uh, We'll we'll bounce around here a little bit on my on my show sheet since you brought it up. Um, what is something that you're that you're looking to sort of change, or an example of something that you're you're like, why why was I ever wasting my time uh, doing this as part of my process? Yeah. So my big thing. So last year I was primarily uh, single entry and three max for NFL. That's what I focused on. And my problem would be, you know, I would, I would work off of a projection set. I was using Cardi's uh, projections for the blitz on Roto grinders. He had really good projections. I also like looking at John Paulson's, you know, there's lots of good projections out there. And that was kind of my baseline. And I would run, you know, the optimal, see what type of guys were popping up. But the mistake I was making is there was a disconnect to me for me and how cute and how unique I needed to get off of those plays. 
And the thing I've learned from playing other sports, like say MMA or League of Legends, those sports have a lot of dupes. Uh, and that's really what you're doing when you're playing contrarian plays it's to avoid having a duplicated lineup. We want the most possible points in our lineup that is also unique. That's the goal. And I was getting way too unique and sacrificing projected points. <clears throat> Sorry, getting choked up just thinking about how much money I lost. <laughs> um, so this year, I want to continue with that, looking at the optimal, but starting to make less tweaks uh, and looking at a bunch of sets, getting very simple correlations in there, and in making that one pivot, like one of my best weeks last year, I had a very uh, chalky lineup and I played Deontay Johnson. It was the week they played the Cardinals. I think he had two TDs and went off at like 5% ownership. And it, it was like one of those light bulb moments for me of, you know, again, you don't have to galaxy brain it in these single entry and three max, just one little pivot that makes your lineup unique. And then you jam in the most possible points. So I, uh, that's my big goal for this year is don't, be stupid, Peter, uh, be smart, uh, with your contrarian uh, ideas. Yeah. I think, I think that that's, uh, you know, when playing, playing a lot of cash, like I do, when I, when I click on, click through my head to heads and see some of the lineups, uh, that get, that get put out there. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to see how people talk themselves into, uh, just a wild range of like, I mean, not that not that NFL cash is totally solved, but it's it's pretty close. Like most of the time, if you're going up in stakes or you're playing against somebody who, uh, you know, who knows what they're doing, you're going to probably end up with like maybe a, a 2v2 or a 3v3. Yeah. And um, sometimes I'd click on, you know, a, a $2 head to head or something and it would I wouldn't even have like a common guy in, in the lineup. Yeah. And you're just like, what's like, what's happening? Like, I know I don't make all the perfect decisions, but like, I kind of know what I'm doing and I don't understand how any of these people made it into your lineup. Yeah. I mean, one, one moment where it crystallized for me last year, I think it was like week six or seven. It was the optimal in the blitz took down the spy, the hundred dollar mm -hmm. single entry. And there was a train of like 12 or 15 lineups of guys who literally just tossed the optimal in and it, it goes to show you, like, the optimal is the optimal for a reason. And granted, I don't want to split that top prize with 15 other people, but you can take those optimals, and if you really like those plays and make one or two tweaks, and you probably have a pretty good lineup. Yeah, for sure. And I I play uh, mostly, you know, single entry and three max. They're, every once in a while, I, I, I don't remember if they did it as much last year on DraftKings. They had that uh, one of the five entry maxes had a really good structure. Before we continue with the show, I want to tell you guys about one of our new sponsors. Uh, the show today is being brought, being brought to you by DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Uh, and I've, I know my wife and I have used this, uh, used DoorDash a ton. So it's, uh, it's definitely something, uh, that's useful in these times. Uh, you can choose from national restaurants like Chipotle and Wendy's and Cheesecake Factory. Uh, but you know, a lot of, a lot of our local favorite restaurants are also open for delivery right now too. Um, so make sure you, uh, head over to DoorDash 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your uh, delivery and zero fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, another one of our sponsors this week is the Sunday Ticket from DirecTV. Uh, football is coming back, and we, uh, we've we got you covered with uh, a discount code for DirecTV Sunday Ticket. Uh, with Sunday NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone, DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, you can you will never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy best ball mania one million dollar best ball tournament it's two hundred thousand dollars to first place it's only twenty five dollars to enter it's a no-brainer this is like the elite best ball title this year so you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great underdog fantasy app in the app store on your smartphone device and you're going to make a deposit you're going to use code rotoviz when you make that deposit then you're going to go refer five friends and underdog and rotoviz will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code Rotoviz, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called the Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ, and chase that glory. So when you're, if you're changing from your single entry team to your three entry max, like how, do, how are you varying things? Do you stick with a core and rotate like stacks through it? Like what what's your uh, what's your strategy there when you're, kind of going up from your main lineup. Yeah. And that's actually the thing that I think one of the reasons I got into trouble is because I would think when you have only one or, you know, three lineups, I would think in these polarities of like, okay, Lamar Jackson's the chalk, Derek Henry's the chalk. I have to fade it because I only have one lineup. So it's either a hundred percent or 0% for me. And I always lean to 0% because I just like, I'm a contrarian player. I don't want to eat the chalk. And the thing that I need to get better at is again, just understanding that just because I play one chalky guy doesn't mean my entire lineup has to be chalky or be duplicated. So kind of piggybacking off of that, I want to be more conscious of, okay, a guy's 45%, but he's just a smash play. I'm playing the three max. I can be underweight with one entry or one share of him and still not be getting burned by just getting too cute, you know? So finding that kind of sweet spot of, 
you know, taking my stands relative to ownership, but not being so extreme with them where I'm really missing out on just smash plays because I've been the guy. And I like I have I have no leg to stand on on being a winning DFS player. I've been the guy to fade Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry week after week. Or I even remember the Odell Beckham year. Like I didn't believe it. You know, I just kept not playing it. So I need to get better at that. I, I and I think anchoring myself to those projections and making the shifts based off of ownership as opposed to just being like it's an all or nothing proposition. Right. And I think. I think it's easy for for people in general, whether they're playing, you know, 150 lineups or they're doing the 20 entry or lower. I think it's easy for people to get stuck on uh, exposures in the general tournament. But I think it's also important to realize, like, your actual portfolio is all of your entries for that week. So, like, it's okay if you're not totally optimized, uh, you know, absolutely fading one guy, absolutely playing this other guy. Uh, in one particular contest, it really matters more across all your entries, more so than it does just in one contest, I, I think. For sure. For sure. So all right, let's uh what what are so you're strictly you're strictly going with single entry and three max. Do you play any 150 lineups ever or so I don't think I'm gonna play 150 Matt. Like I've messed with it with golf and MMA and <laughs> I just I don't think it's my strong suit. That said, if I, I think for the main slate and just cause I'm going to be busy with mornings, we, I, I have God forbid all these stupid season long lineups to deal with. I think for the main slate, I will be a single entry and three max player exclusively. However, I am getting excited to do 20 max for showdown. And so I think that's where I will spread my MME wings a little bit more uh, when I can focus on it as opposed to kind of the insanity that we're all going to be dealing with at lock on Sundays. Yeah, I think uh, I I feel similar. Uh, I I don't mind doing the the 150 for PGA just because you don't have to worry so much about, you know, do I have enough of this stack and there's this correlation that I need to hit, you know, PGA is sort of just six individuals uh, that you're running out there. But um, I I tried to do like the mini max and stuff last year for NFL. And I was just like, this is just the worst. I I just don't have, I don't have the brain for it for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I don't think I do uh, either. Although I haven't actually really tried, I tried a lot with golf and and some of those other sports, but um, I don't think my process has the necessary correlations uh, and all, all of the stuff you need to really be able to run those group after group and fine tune those. I just, uh, I think I could get there if I worked at it. I just don't know if that brings me joy and I want to spend time doing that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you, uh, if you feel pretty comfortable uh, with, with the single entry and the three entry, then probably fine tuning that process is going to be, uh, more profitable than than trying to reinvent a completely new process and and starting from scratch with and you know trying to make 147 more lineups or whatever. And and also uh, here's the thing: like I I enjoy the process of playing DFS golf, but I don't really sweat when I have I have all these 20 max sets and stuff, and like I roughly know okay I have 35 percent of this guy, but it's not like a great sweat for me. And when I do the single entry and three max on NFL main slates, like that's just such a fun sweat. Like I already have enough of a portfolio across my season long leagues. I know I have, you know, Mark Andrews and three FFPC leagues or whatever. So it's like, 
I like having that core that makes watching the games fun as opposed to like, oh, Deshaun Jackson just had a 100-yard TD. I wonder if I have him in my 150 max set in one lineup. Like that's just not as fun to me as a consumer. Yeah, and then you're also that's like the you know the the typical uh, with us doing a million season long leagues like you're rooting for someone in one in one league and rooting against them in a different league like you you have to run into those situations with 150 lineups uh, and it's just it, it's not you're right it's like you're just doing mental gymnastics the whole time trying to see like oh that was good that was good for for eight percent of my teams but not good for you know 15 percent of the other teams and yeah it's uh it's a nightmare so I I can fully uh, fully relate to that that's a, a little season long trick that I adopted probably three or four years ago when I started playing NFL DFS more regularly was I never would look at my opponent's roster. And that way I was just rooting for all of my guys, but not doing the mental gymnastics of like, okay, I have Tyreek Hill on this team, but my opponent has him in this league. It's like, if I'm just blissfully unaware, I can just root for my guys. And that seems like a much healthier relationship with football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also, uh, over the past two years have, um, completely, uh, completely stopped checking, uh, scores on on DK or first my seasonal teams at least until the four o'clock games start. I mean, exact way. Yeah, it's torture. Like it really is torture, especially when you know you're like kind of off to a good start. But it it's just I, like I don't click on on the DK app on Thursdays either during golf, like because it's just what are you even looking at? Like you're either getting your hopes up or you're tilting for no reason. Like there's just there's nothing good that comes out of it. Yeah, a, wa- a watched pot does not boil. Yeah, exactly. The my my best week ever. Uh, I was driving home from Sesame Place uh, with my son, and I, I couldn't I couldn't check anything. So um, I I realized that you know knowing where you're where you stand in a contest is not going to make uh, make it better or worse. Nope. Um, all right, so let's let's dive in a little bit um, to you said you use projections. Um, are you are you doing your uh, some of your own research? Like, what does that look like? Uh, and how do you sort of make your way through from from salaries dropping to uh, to kick off? Yeah, and this is actually one of the things I'm going to change this year. And uh, another one of my big issues is I do like looking at the projections and the optimals. Um, however, what I found in, in retrospect that I was doing is I was, I was double counting things, right? Like if you're using good projections, the elements that I'm double counting, uh, should already be baked into those projections. You know, like someone who does good NFL projections, their model should include weather and wind. And so if we have a 25 mile per hour thing, and they should update that projection, and that number is now reflected. Whereas I would take that, and again, I'm assuming a good projection, and then I'm docking it further because I'm worried about wind. And it's like, no, 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 that's already reflected in the projection. So that's something that I really want to be cognizant of this year is that uh, narrative kind of stuff. You know, we all fall in love with the best plays, and it's like, okay, they're a good play for a reason, but that's already reflected in the projection and I don't need to, well, I need to jam this guy in because everyone says he's the best play. It's like, no, no, no. Just what, what are the numbers saying of how many of the 150 set or 20 set he should be in relative to his points. So I think that's a thing I'm going to be very cognizant of this year. Yeah. And it's funny that you're, that you're saying that because Amico uh, essentially said uh, that same exact thing. And 
I, it's one of those things where you you hear it and you're like, well, yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, oh, wait, I, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so tempting too. And like one problem I have is I like listening to a lot of podcasts and it, it's not even for information. It's because I just like hanging out with people. I want to hear Evan and Adam. You know, I want to hear those guys talk. I want to see what the fantasy footballers are up to. I just like hanging out with people Why I'm doing stuff. But you're naturally going to fall into all these biases by the time you go to set your lineup you're like oh i i have to have devin singletary like he's the absolute lock this week and then you start to look at the projections and you're like oh no there's a couple other guys in this price range who are you know equally projected but our brains trick us with that kind of confirmation bias so i think the numbers really help fight against that uh and help anchor you back to if you trust your projections then uh it's really just a math game it's a math game uh, aside from if you just have your guys you want to play. But that's the nice thing. If you want to lock in a couple of guys in an optimizer, you can do that. And the math is going to build the best possible team around that. So right. I'm just my this year, trust in the math, Peter. That's what we're doing this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for the uh, for the content that will that will spin out of that for sure. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure I will. I will be rallying against the math nerds by week three. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think I think all of that is is super important to remember. It's just it's so it's easy to fall into the loop. And obviously we're, uh, you know, very online and uh, it's it's easy to see uh, the same guy get tweeted about, you know, 50 times throughout. I mean, it happens. It happens with these offseason takes like it, one person tweets about Tyler Higby and it's 48 hours of like whether he's a, a value or not. And it's like then you're like, wait, do I have enough Tyler Higby? Do I have too much Tyler? Higby? Yeah. Well, and then the on the other side of the coin, you know, last year I did the the video about like the DFS game changing where people aren't box score watching anymore. Will Fuller has three or four dud weeks in a row and he's 30% owned in a nut spot where that would never happen before. And then on the flip side of the coin, it was Stefan Diggs was coming off of his 40 point game. And the next week he's like 4% owned. It's, it's like everyone now is so sharp. Everyone's trying to zig when people zag. And again, though, if you come back to the math, I bet Stefan Diggs's projection that week was pretty damn good. But it was just like, no, there's no way he could blow up two weeks in a right. row. And so we 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 overthink it. We get in our head and we try to, you know, outsmart it. I think Adam calls it the I know better syndrome. Uh, and that's what I'm getting away with or getting away from this year. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh it's funny when you catch yourself doing it too, like during the week, or you know, after lock, you're like, oh well that's i i should have realized that yeah. um and i think i think that's probably true across uh across all dfs sports like golf when i first started doing pga if a guy missed a cut like he'd be like six percent on the next week and now it's just it's not the same thing you know we everybody knows you know the strokes gain stuff and they're like oh well he, you know he struck it well he just didn't putt and a few like five years ago nobody was paying attention uh you know, in the, in the larger contest, people were just like, Oh no, he burned me last week. I'm not playing him this week. Yeah. And it's funny to that point. One way that uh, I do a show with brick 75, Brian Hooper, one of the best DFS players. And the way, the way he words it, that it resonates with me is like, 
if you're only consuming information like that through podcast or Twitter or whatever, you are trying to juggle all of these variables in your head. You're saying, can I hold all these weather, you know, the weather, the depth chart, all of this, whereas a projection puts all of those variables into a number and quantifies it for you. So you don't have to hold that in your head. And we get, I do not trust myself anymore to hold these variables in my head because I overreact to them way too much. And so uh, continuing on this theme of coming back to that number to keep me anchored. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do a quick uh, a quick fuck Mary kill here. We got we have Thursday through Sunday slate, or I guess Thursday through Monday, whichever whichever you prefer. There, uh, the prime time slate, just the Monday night, Thursday night, and showdown. Okay, I am going to kill the prime time, the Monday Thursday. I don't think I ever play that. It's like. <laughs> To me, that has to be the most degen slate possible because it's like you're coming off it, and I'm like, I can play showdown. I have all my seasonal league, you know, waiver ads to make. Like, I have enough going. I don't need this slate. Um, I will marry showdown. Was one right? Yeah, yeah. I'll marry showdown. I'm getting excited about showdown. I think I'm going to be like I said. I'm worried about how much I'm going to be doing on Sunday mornings. So the idea of having like a Thursday runway or a Monday runway to kind of just focus on one game is appealing to me. And I enjoyed that a lot last year. And then I will, I will fuck. Uh, what was the other one? The thir- Thursday through, you know, the rest of the yeah. week. Yeah. I'll fuck that one. Like a little one night stand every once in a while where you feel like you have an edge uh, or that like a game is going to go. I think in those instances where, say it's a Monday night or Sunday night banger where everyone just wants to get those guys in. And then you maybe play guys from the main slate uh, and let people flop. I know the Thursday night game ends up going slightly over own generally in those two. So if you get the perfect storm of a place where it's all getting funneled ownership, uh, I think that can be fun. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll knock some boots with the, the Thursday to the Monday. Yeah, I think, I think there's definitely, uh, definitely some edge to be had there just because, there's at least a small subset of lineups in all of those contests that are just, you know, guys just wanting to to root for something on Thursday night. So like, and it's, it's fine. Like if that's what you want to do, go for it. But uh, there, there has to be some of that. Like there's no, there's no way around it. If there's, you know, like 5,000 or 7,000 lineups, a few of them are going to be just drawing dead, just big like onslaughts of the Thursday night home team. Well, and here's why it's such bad logic as an example. So last year I went to Mexico city with my buddy, Pat Crane, who I do ship chasing with, and we were going to the Monday night game chargers chiefs. And so we knew we wanted to have, you know, lots of action down on that game for being there in person. So I, I played the Thursday to Monday slate and, you know, then got a lot of chiefs in there. All of those lineups were dead by the time Monday rolled around. And then I just fired up the showdown slate anyways. I'm like, why didn't I just cut out the middleman and just bet the game and play the showdown slate? And not like, uh, in my mind, it's like, oh, I'll have this beautiful weekend where it's just my Sunday crushes. And then I'm going into the Monday night game. I get to watch, you know, Travis Kelsey win me $100,000. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, it, it never seems to, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, we can we can wrap up here. Uh, some maybe something that we that we haven't uh, haven't touched on yet. Just something that you think uh, people are making making a big mistake and uh, could change, you know, relatively easily, and it could have an impact uh, on their results. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the, you know, when, I, when I'm giving other people advice, I'm giving myself advice. Uh, but it would be, and, and we've all heard this a million times, but really understanding your contest size and what you need to do. Like, so your goal in the tournament, right? At least my goal is to always win a tournament. I'm not trying to min cash. I'd play cash games if I want to do that. So looking at what is your goal and what is the contest size? And I know for myself that in some of these single entry, smaller content, like I was getting just absurdly cute. And so just making sure that literally looking at the contest size number and, and knowing that, and I was looking at that closely for MMA and League of Legends for where there's a lot of duplicates and knowing like, how contrarian do I have to get to not be duped? I don't think that's as big of an issue in NFL. There's just so many different combinations. Right. Uh, and so I am going to try to have different lineup sets for different content sizes. Like I don't want to, I don't think you just, I know some people like to make one lineup and you put it in everything. I think that's, I think that's okay, but not if your goal is to win each individual tournament. So I'm going to be very sensitive to contest size this year. Yeah. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. It, it's again, one of those things that, uh, that people probably just uh, just sort of gloss over uh, in general. Like in there's there's things that people people probably a lot of people won't be able to tell you you know what what the rake is on on different contests and it's like well you should probably you should probably be paying attention to that kind of stuff also uh, unless you're just unless you're just firing a lotto ticket like that's that's totally yeah. fine too. Like people go you know people go to Seven Eleven and just get a quick draw and you know some of them hit. <laughs> and win millions of dollars so who knows but yeah. if you're if you're really trying to uh if you're really trying to make uh you know have some fun and actually make some money uh i think size of contest making sure your max entering whatever the contest is uh you know three entry five entry 20 um i think those are pretty easy uh easy mistakes to fix and will lead to will lead to some pretty good results And the other thing, too, that we didn't touch on for why, aside from, you know, it's hard to run a 150 max set on Sunday, but you also have to be willing and able to make the late swaps necessary to make those lineups positive EV. And so that's for me, that's so much easier to do with, you know, four or five lineups as opposed to 150. Like I want to be able to make a few key pivots if a lineup is dead, as opposed to spending an hour at my computer you know, from the three to 4 PM, just to try to fix all these lineups. Like, and so a lot of this comes down to like, for me, I'm not someone that's going like, I want to win, but I'm okay losing a lot for the chance at a big prize. You have to be playing contests in the way that I don't know. It sounds cheesy, but that is fun for you. Uh, If it's fun for you to grind every one of those micro edges in 150 lineups, then knock yourself out because that's what the pros are doing. Uh, so I'd rather just control it in a smaller environment. I'm only competing against, you know, three max sets and a lot of people that aren't going to be late swapping. So I think that's another uh, side of that coin. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, man, thanks for, thanks for joining me this afternoon. It's, uh, it's always nice to, to get a show in during the day. And, uh, again, make sure you're obviously you're, you're already following Pete on, uh, on Twitter at Peter Overzet, but, uh, Really, really enjoying the ship chasing stuff again this year. Uh, listening to you guys talk through the drafts is like one of the most valuable parts of uh, of the offseason research. So thank you for doing that. And obviously, Pat, 
is super sharp as well. So it's it's nice to hear both of you guys talk about it. Thanks, guys. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to your guys' uh, – is tonight your first night with your new three-man configuration? Yep, we're going to – it's like a, it's like a blind date. I haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't talked to Sal and TJ a bunch, so I'm excited to, uh, to get the show rolling tonight. Awesome, yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to check that out. All right, man. Well, thanks again, and uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk soon. See ya. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.